Live from Master Closet Studio. Wait a minute, are, Corbin, are we live yet? Information, correct. No, that uh, that wasn't one of my three questions. I just wanted to know if we're live yet. You know what I mean? Information, no, 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 correct. That, that wasn't a question either. Okay, all right. So I get one more shot to do this right then, right? No, no, no. Wait, wait. That wasn't. Information. You are all going to die. I, that escalated quickly. Trip, I, I guess we should hurry up and do the show quickly then, right? Information, correct. Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that only has two questions left to save our lives. The Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin, I'm the Whovian, these are my sons Trip and Corbin. And we're the Noobs. And this is that podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and then discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And two sons who haven't. Welcome guys and girls and men and women and, and children people. of all ages. Everybody. And dogs. Even your cats. Actually, no. We don't allow cats. Space cats. Space cats. Only space cats. Not regular cats, just space cats. Welcome to episode 37, covering the 2007 Christmas episode, Voyage of the Damned. This is the one where Smith and Jones... uh, It's actually... uh, I guess it's just Smith now. This is the one where the Doctor takes a ride on the Titanic for Christmas. He makes friends with the second scariest angel statues we've ever seen, as well as Astrid, who is not Martha. But Uh she's got potential. It seems to be a lovely voyage, including shore time in a deserted London, but something strange is happening. There's meteors headed for the ship, and the crew doesn't even seem to care. It turns out that... The angels are evil. They only have one purpose now. Information. Kill. The meteors collide with the Titanic, and if it crashes into Earth, the nuclear storm drive will blow up the planet. So, the Doctor, 903-year-old Time Lord from the planet of Gallifrey and the constellation of Castiborus, will get to the bridge, save the Titanic, and save the Earth. Is that okay with you? It is. He does. But several people have to die along the way, including our beloved TARDIS. I, I mean, Astrid. Um, wait a minute. T-A-R-D-I-S-A-S-T-R-I-D? That's probably nothing. Once again, Christmas is saved by the Doctor, and once again, he's leaving behind a companion after a brief time together. He travels alone because it's safer that way. Story number 188, guys, originally airing on when, Trip? The Christmas episode. Christmas. Christmas Day, 2007. To 13.31 million viewers, making this the most watched episode of the reboot. 13.31, 13.31, that's nice, because it's the same either way you flip it. That's It's a palindromic like viewing numbers. We love it. Uh, most watched episode of the reboot, the fifth highest viewed episode of all time for Doctor Who. Um, and uh, if I remember correctly, it was the second most watched thing of the year in the oh, UK. Wow. As far as BBC shows, it was the second most watched thing the whole year. And the thing that beat it out literally aired right before this. I can't huh. even remember what the show was now, but it's like EastEnders or one of those shows. Yeah, it's right down here, actually. Oh, is it on there? Yes. Where? I don't see it. Is. Oh, there you go. Yeah. An episode of the EastEnders that immediately preceded it. So it, it literally, the EastEnders episode came on, and it had a bajillion viewers, and then this episode of Doctor Who came on, and apparently most of them stuck around to watch that. So uh. um, that's an awesome, uh, awesome, awesome episode there. Written by our man Russell T. Davies, directed by James Strong. And uh, no awards this to go around, but there was a dedication at the end, and the dedication was to Verity Lambert. Uh, Verity was the original producer of Doctor Who, uh, and so we're talking about 1963 original producer. Um, that uh, there's a there's a there's a great OG little show. Doctor Who. Huh? 
I said OG Doctor Who. That's right. Uh, there's a great little like documentary style movie uh, about her and the uh, and the guy that got it started. It was her as the producer and him as I think the director. We talked about it before. It was the two people that he named as his parents. Uh, that the doctor said, my parents are Verity and someone Jim Bob, except not Jim Bob. It's um, definitely anyway, not Jim there's, Bob. There's a great movie uh, that that the BBC put together that, that shows how they did that, and it's fantastic. So you gotta mm-hmm. watch that sometime. Fantastic. I'm sure that when we get there, we'll we'll, we'll watch, watch it. it. It was right around the 50th anniversary, so mm-hmm. we've got a little bit of time left before we get there. In the cast this uh, this week, we had Astrid Peth played by Kylie Minogue. Does that name ring a bell to you guys? Is that a person? No. <laughs> I actually didn't check her IMDb or anything, but uh, she's actually more more well known as a singer here in the U.S. And um, never heard her. What name. I didn't realize, I thought, oh wow, the BBC got Kylie Minogue to come and do Doctor Who. Well, apparently, Kylie Minogue was an actress before she ever became a singer. So um, there you go. Uh, Midshipman Frame was played by Russell Tovey. Corbin, tell us a little bit about him. Um. So. The two things I noticed was that he plays a guy called The Ray in The Flash and The Legends of Tomorrow. And I, I'm not sure, so don't quote me on this, but I think The Legends of Tomorrow is animated while The Flash is actually live action. So oh. he played the same guy in both animated and live action stuff. Oh, that's that's neat. So he voices the character in the thing and then he plays him. Yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. And then he played a delivery man in Muppets Most Wanted. I just, I saw Muppets Most <laughs> Wanted and I was like, hey, I recognize that, that, even connection. though I don't remember this character. He also played a, uh, a short-term character named Harry Doyle on a show called Quantico, um, which, oh gosh, is that NBC, I think? Um, that's, um, I don't know if it's still on the air. I know I know it had a second season. I don't know if it's still going. Um, but the whole time I was watching this episode, I was going, where do I know this guy's face from? That was what it was, was, was Quantico. He's on there for like half, half of the first season or something. Spoiler alert. So I'm sorry. Um, I won't tell you how he dies. Just kidding. He doesn't die. Or does he? Anyways. Um, You're confusing me. Uh, <laughs> Trip, give us the name of our next character that we're talking about here in the cast. Our favorite character's name to say so far. <laughs> I wasn't paying it's attention. It's Bonacafalata. That was it. Yeah, Bonacafalata. Yeah. Played by our buddy Jimmy V. Jimmy V, um, we would recognize as Max... I'm uh, sorry, Max. Max. Mox, Mox of Balhoon. Max. Mox. T- <laughs> he did not play the Jagrafest. No, Mox or, of Balhoon. Or Max Capricorn, either. And either one. Um, he was also the space pig in Aliens of London. Uh, so pretty much... And, and those are two... Uh, that that I was like, hey, we got to pull these out because these are highly memorable ones. But he's mm-hmm. played pretty much anytime you need a small man in a suit. It's yeah. him. It's it's Jimmy V. And if you need an alien, it's Paul Casey, which we'll get to later. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so Wilfred Mott is played by Bernard Cribbins. He's been around for a long time, playing in a bunch of different UK shows. Uh, the the one that popped up that that I recognized was Coronation Street. I only recognize the name of that show because we talk about it here all the time. Uh, but he played Wally Bannister in Coronation Street for those UK listeners who care. And uh, we may be seeing a little bit more of Wilfred Mott. He may or may not be responsible for a massive shift in the entire series of Doctor Who. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Who is um, Wilfred Mott? I don't remember him. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Wilfred Mott is the guy that was selling newspapers. Really? Down yeah. in London. Yeah, that's yeah. and remember at the and so we see him at the beginning, right? And he's he tells the doctor why nobody's left in London except for like him and the queen. Uh-huh. And then at the end, 
uh, he steps out and like shakes his fist at the alien ship that's crashing down. Like, don't you dare do it, you alien scum or whatever. Um, just, just a, just a crusty old man. Yeah. Um, hanging out to explain a minor <clears throat> plot point. And then we saw him in the cover thing for the next episode, so we know he's important later. And that's all we know about him. I don't so know what far. you mean. What? Yeah. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah. What? Anyways, no. Um, then we also had the uh, the heavenly host, and uh, w- at least one of them, uh, the main one, was played by Paul Casey. He's our resident uh, tall guy in a suit. So Jimmy V is our uh, is our little man in a suit. We, we and, were talking uh, earlier. We're like, so you need a space pig? Will it be Jimmy V sized or Paul <laughs> Casey sized? Pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime you need a guy in a suit. Uh, so the Autons, um, both of the Slovene brothers, Zuzana. Um, who was um, that one of the robots that stripped Jack down in the game show thing on Bad Wolf. Um, he was one of the clockwork droids. He's yeah. been every, every kind, kind of, of Cyberman. Cyber He's oh. been the Cyberman, the Cyber Leader, and the Cyber Controller. Um, the food. That's right. He was the Hoiks! Do you remember the Hoiks? No. He was the one in the episode, the, the, the Dr. Light episode, right at the very beginning. Uh, it's the... Um, the oh. one with Linda, the, yeah. the detective agency that's yeah. trying to the find the doctor. The faced thing with the teeth. Yeah, I do remember that. Our, our favorite alien that we <laughs> only saw for like 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah, the Hoiks. Um, which, if, I, if memory serves correctly, the reason that they were able to do such an amazing costume for something that would appear on screen for all of 20 seconds is because it also appeared in Torchwood. Huh. Yeah, I think or Sarah so. Jane, one or the two. So, that's Torchwood, um, I think. Okay. He also played um, one of the robot Santas both times we saw them. Both Christmas uh-huh. specials where we had the robot Santas playing the instruments and being all creepy, he was one of them. With the um, two bazookas. I'm going to assume that he was the two bazooka guy. I'm just going yeah, to make that call. That's canon. Let it be written. Yes. Let it be done. <laughs> he was the captain of the Jadoon platoon on the moon. Um, he was the pig slave in Evolution of the Daleks and tons of other stuff on Torchwood and the Sarah Jane Adventures. He has, the, as Go of 2013... Go-to alien. Huh? Go-to alien. He's your go-to guy in the suit. Um, as of 2013... According to uh, the Wikia page, as of 2013, he has the most appearances across the Hooniverse. So, so Doctor Who, Torchwood, Sarah Jane, he's got like 32 episodes under his belt. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know, like he might have more. He, he okay, put it in perspective. He has been in more episodes of Doctor Who and Torchwood and Sarah Jane than Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Like three times as many. Yeah, um, he might he might have more than David Tennant himself. Uh-huh. And if that's the case, David Tennant has the same as like the same amount of episodes as Matt Smith and Pierre Capaldi, right? Because they both had three roughly. seasons. Yeah, well. Roughly, yeah, roughly, yeah. So I mean, know. he probably has more acting credits than most of the <laughs> doctors. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta like go all the way back to you know like back in the day go to the go to Baker before you get somebody who has more episodes under their belt so uh, let's see uh, miscellaneous trivia Corbin you found this one this was we wanted to file this under stuff we missed not stuff we noticed mm-hmm. yeah so I don't remember what point in the episode this was but on the tele- on the television that the doctor Astrid and Wilf view whoever that guy is the news is clearly branded with a magpie logo. The way you said that sounded awkward because you paused in a weird spot. The news wasn't branded. The yeah. television on which yeah, they were the, watching the news yeah, the was branded with Not a magpie logo. Not the news. Logo. What is, what is, what is, so what? what so, is that? uh, that's, magpie was that guy from the Idiot's Lantern that had his electronics company or whatever. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I was like, the wire. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah. funny. 
And 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 this is not the first time they this probably has just have that yeah. leftover. I think we mentioned because yeah. they had so many TVs. So what what they did was they made they they made Magpie Electronics like the official electronics brand of the Hooniverse, basically. <laughs> like anytime you see it, it happened once before, and I don't think I mentioned it. I saw it, but I didn't. I think I forgot to put it in the notes. There's another episode where they go around, the doctor goes around behind a television with the Sonic, and there's the Magpie logo. Yeah. Um, you did, told did us it? about it, but you didn't mention it on the show. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, it was, I think we mentioned in like the episode that Magpie first appeared that this was a running thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. his electronics are everywhere. If, if memory serves correctly, it was the one where the Olympic torch was coming through and yeah. all the kids were disappearing. Yeah. I think no, it was... No, 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 wait. That was not it. It wasn't? That, no, that was something different. The uh, Idiot Slantern was the one where... No, 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 no. I'm sorry. There was a, the, the episode oh, oh, the episode where the, episode the, where the Olympic torch oh, was coming okay. through town. They briefly, they look behind the TV, and, and there's the Magpie logo, if I, if, if I remember correctly. And I probably don't. All right. Who knows? Uh, special effects. Costumes and makeup. Um, gosh, man, who do we want to talk about first? Bonacafalata or Max Capricorn? <laughs> Bonacafalata. Um Which, by the way, I love... I love Love, love, love. Baracus love, love, love. I just Baracus hate that he had the die. Huh? So I know. Why does all of Jimmy V's characters that are so awesome have to die? Wait a minute. Baracalada. Mox died. Who else died? Mox? The space pig got yeah. shot to death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Holy crap. Is he like the Sean Bean They of don't the like midgets, apparently. <laughs> is it, or but fat is it, people. So uh, that's just mean. Is it? Oh, my gosh. We have got to look that up. And see how many of of how many Jimmy of them have died? have died. Well, I'm sure that would be like absolutely nothing compared to Paul Casey. I mean, uh, I mean, all of his characters. Yeah, have except died. except that Jimmy V um, is usually seems to be playing a good, good guy. Yeah, a lot of he's, the time, or right? at least a good not a bad guy. Yeah, let's see. He played. Um, oh gosh, we'd have to do this some other time because it, it's just. It's a lot that he played, but at any rate, yeah. So a lot of times he ends up dead. Um, That's sad. But but his makeup was amazing, wasn't it? I know. Little spikes on his. Head Help me stuff. out here. Have we seen a character like him before? Like his race with the with the red with the black spikes coming out of his head? No, I don't think so. No. Okay. I was thinking maybe I'm just thinking of of Mox or something. Just they were he, he didn't look anything like that though. He didn't look anything like that though. He was just. He was blue, he was blue and, and squishy. had a big head. Yeah. All right. So at any rate, um, I may be I may be thinking of something down the road. I may I may have spoilers. You know. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> saying we will see this species again. I don't know how much of a spoiler that spoilers. is. Spoilers. So, um, you know, I just realized that uh, doing this show with you guys is kind of like being the doctor, where sometimes I'm like, oh, sorry, timeline's out of order here. Yeah. I'm talking about things that haven't happened yet. Sorry, <laughs> my bad. Um, well. It'll happen to you eventually. All right, so at any rate, um, I thought Bonacalfalada's face makeup was amazing. I thought all of that was great. Even when he's dying and they're close up on him, it, it's, awesome. it's just there. It's like, yeah. It wasn't like you couldn't see the cracks in it's the mask. Realistic. Yeah. It's realistic. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. see the seams where they put them together. It's like with the cat nun nurses. It's like, yeah, that makes me believe that these things are real. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonacalfalada's and, uh, a real person. Now, I said his cyborg body was kind of meh. What did what did you guys think? I think yeah, I it agree. was it was not amazing. Yeah, I mean it looked fine. The problem was it didn't fit him. Uh, like I don't know what happened. Like when he was laying yeah. there dying, you it could see his big. chest like standing up. Yeah, and everything. It was just and it was too like big. guys, y'all y'all probably should have like 
secured it to him a little differently or something. I don't know. So that was kind of... Yeah, you got to change nice. something about it. Now, now, and here's the frustrating thing. Okay, so like they nailed the red face makeup and the horns and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They, but they didn't get the cyborg body right, but they nailed the cyborg body for Max Capricorn. Yeah. I mean, where, where his neck... Yeah. Stopped and the I robotics know. began. It's like was so what? that yeah. was horrifying. That was like so creepy. It looked real. Like it didn't yeah, look like freaky. Yeah. Like you, there there wasn't a moment and probably part of it was he didn't move his head a whole lot. Like if he'd have turned his neck to the side, he probably would have like torn mm. the makeup in half or something. But, yeah. Um but that eyeball was disturbing uh-huh. me all the time. Did y'all notice that not only was that eye white, it looked like it was off center? It did. It looked like it a lazy eye. Like, it looked like that eye was not looking in the same direction as, as his regular eye. Really? Yeah. But, I, I mean, given the fact that, that they just put a, a, a contact lens on top of an actor's eye, mm-hmm. it, they should be looking in the same direction. I don't know. That just creeped me out. Um, Max skills. Max was creepy. Uh, can we just say Max was creepy the entire episode? Yeah. Yes. Like, even when you just saw him on the screen? I know. Yeah. <laughs> it Whoa. does that in real life? Uh, it actually, <laughs> it actually, does, actually that. does that? That was does so that hilarious. Yeah. Ding. Um, little fourth wall there. Um, at first, I thought it was kind of a fourth wall breaking thing, and then I realized no, apparently in universe, it actually goes ding. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so, for real, does that? Um, I, I didn't necessarily intend for us to spend a lot of time on Max, but did you guys see that coming? No. Like when he started rolling out of, the, I was like, the it's not like check, isn't it? It was something. I yes, I was. I was like, wait a minute. Whoever they don't show up in this episode, do they? (coughs) And then, and then it wasn't. Um, But it was like, hey, that looks like the Daleks. Right, right. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and actually, Corbin, I think you were literally as the wheels were rolling out. Oh my gosh, could that reveal have been a little longer? I know. Of them like showing the wheels, like, could we get a close up of every knob on the treads that (laughs) hit the ground so that we can make sure we get a full revolution of the tire before we pull back and reveal? Um, But during all of that nonsense, Corbin goes, Who is it? (laughs) What's going on? Who is it? Just show me who it is. I was just thinking, like, Daleks. It's got to be the Daleks. We all thought it was going to be Daleks, apparently. So, uh, it was not. Um, and I definitely did not expect him to be, like, some sort of really old cyborg guy. Yeah. Like, that was really... I mean, can tricky. we say that might be the best plot point of the whole the whole episode? Yeah. Because like, they... I mean, if you look back, they dropped hints all along, you know? Like, the jerk guy saying that uh, Max Capricorn Tours is going down, right? Uh-huh. So, they're, like, they're like kind of hinting at little things. And then... The and guy then they, said that... Uh, the captain said he said he would give money to my family or whatever. Offered like, me so much money for my family. And then you have um, I think the the entire reason that Bonacafalata was a cyborg was to yeah. give motivation to Max Capricorn. Yeah. Uh, one one, it was so that he could use an e- he could magically EMP, EMP. pulse and, yeah, and that's wipe what out I the was host. Thinking. But also get y'all it's a great little tie-in because he does that, right? They they have that little exchange about how cyborgs are getting their rights now and you can even get married. And I'm like, man, that's a deep dive. That is a deep dive on a tertiary character on a one-off holiday special of an episode to go that far really into the, 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 you know, the, the political culture on a planet that we'll never hear of again. Um, but then they bring it back around with, like, with Max. I'm a cyborg too. Yeah, 
Yeah, Which, yeah. Given, I don't given think the, we've seen cyborgs once, and now two in one yeah. episode. It's kind right. of crazy. Yeah. And I and I love that it's like you know he's he's able to sort of casually go, hey. I had to do this because, you know, cyborg racism. You know how that's a thing, right? And everybody would have yeah. been like, no, what do you mean? Except for Bonacapolata. Showed yes. us showed us the way. So all right. Mm-hmm. Um CGI. Corbin, tell us a little bit about some CGI. Um so I thought this ginormous space titanic was really good. Like they did a good job with that just everywhere when it was crashing into the TARDIS and stuff. And but then that one point where the guy opens the airlock or whatever and is shot out into space, right. <laughs> that CGI was really, really bad that, for the, the whatever reason. The green screening there was pretty... I know. The green screening throughout this episode was kind of terrible. Yeah, it was... It was uh, kind of terrible. Uh, which, by the way, leads me to believe that that... that that hero scene where the doctor is walking in slow motion while stuff is exploding boom, behind him boom, boom. must have been practical effects and not green screen because, because. it looked good. Unlike yeah. all the other green screen in this episode. And then they had to have the alien start flying him up and that was eh, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Anytime yeah. they do the green screen stuff on this show, Ba-da-da-da. I have not figured it out yeah. as of this episode. So Astrid at the end though was really good. Uh-huh. Like the ghost-ish thing was that really cgi or what was that? yeah i put it under the category of cgi i don't know that it's cgi as here's the thing that blew my mind is when he reached forward and put his hand on her cheek i know and then kissed her on the lips and, and you could I watched, see through it i watched yeah you could see his hand but i watched really closely their lips stuck the way lips actually do when you I kiss know. people it's like what <laughs> is um I, that's one of the things you can always tell in a movie when they're when they're kissing somebody who's not there. It looks like they're kissing air, yeah. right? Because there's no smoosh of the lips, and then there's no like half a second of they're they're kind of stuck together. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> that happened. So now I'm watching it, going, okay, how did they do that? Uh, what, and what like, we need film to actually happen practical effects instead of just costume and makeup and then CGI because oh yeah, there is some stuff. See, these do. are the parts where I wonder. Is Doctor Who actually real? Like, how are they doing this stuff? <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's the thing is that scene was amazing. And then when she, you know, when dissolves into you know the little stardust, like that was definitely hey. CGI, and that was that was cool. And I liked that at the end they they had her sort of fly through the air. Yeah, that's cool. The stardust sort of swirled through the air. Yeah. And whatever. Um, but I also, also love that they hand-waved away the fact that it was snowing. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's probably not really snow because haven't we had that happen before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what... In, in the last Christmas special, he made snow with his TARDIS or whatever. Right. But, but in the one before that, wasn't it like... It was the same uh, kind of thing, wasn't it? It was like, oh, this isn't really snow. It was... It was ash yeah, from some obliterated spaceship or something. I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Um, as good last as Last time he made it snow, I think. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, and the last one, that's when he shot it up out of the TARDIS, and that was the breaking mm-hmm. point for like, Donna. I know. Yeah. It's like, you, you made you it snow. Sh- you terrify me to I death, leaving. and then you make it snow. Yeah, never what mind. What are you, know, you? Never mind all of the, uh, never mind the giant spider woman who it turns out my fiance has been working for. I know, right? That part doesn't scare me. Snow, however. Uh, Does she have rabies? Terrifying. What is it? <laughs> it's like hydrophobic. All right. All right, let's get into the uh, checklist. The baddie of the week. So we've got a. This is one of those. You've got a baddie, and then you've got the big bad, right? So we have the baddie. Secret bad. 
Yeah, the secret bad. You've got the heavenly host, and then you have the uh, the um, the 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 big plot twist reveal that you've got somebody who's been controlling the baddies yeah. all the time uh, or the whole time. So we have the heavenly host. Um, how freaky uh, was like? I mean, did, we called it right. The very first scene when they walk in and the angels are. Um, are we were like, hey, wait a second, there's angels. Yeah, and like the yeah, first I was time like, you see them, you're angels. like, they're gonna move. You know they're gonna move. And then thankfully And then it moves right in front of our face. Like, right. <gasps> it would have been it would have been horrible if they'd have like dragged that out. Like the first two scenes. Yeah. There was no movement from the angels. They're just standing there and then suddenly they get <laughs> but um Information Ah, what are you <laughs> doing? <laughs> so they were Just jump scare everyone. They were they were pretty terrifying in their sort of cold, calculated brutalism. Yeah, it's just um, like information, you are all going to die. What's <laughs> just like information. Kill. 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 Yeah. Ah. What uh okay, so so who was worse? The heavenly host or the uh, the Weeping Angels. Weeping Angels. Weeping, Weeping Angels. angels. Agreed. I just wanted to see. Like, um, I did way like Beyond. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I did like their their hint their hinged jaws. I know that was the yeah. weirdest thing. For the ever. actors, yeah. you could tell it was just two pieces. It was the, the yeah. top half of the face and the bottom half of the jaw. Um, and I wonder how they had the that. shape. It looked like they had some sort of weird teeth thing or something. Yeah, yeah it, was it was like a so tunnel in their, in their happening mouth. Happening yeah. there. Um, and then, and we already talked about how horrifying Max Capricorn was. Um, we talked about how bad he is, uh, terribly uh, terrifying he is, rather in his appearance. But what about um, Max Capricorn as a like as a villain? Like, what do we think of him as a villain? Eh, he was okay. So, I Trip, what did what did you think of Max? Um, I don't know. He not, just had not like Max, but Max. <laughs> yes, Max. <laughs> He had a weird appearance, so that was really... I mean, there wasn't really much to him, except he's the baddie. I mean, I think there was. Like, he has a purpose for trying to bring down the ship. Yeah, I I love baddies that don't just kill people to kill people. (laughs) Now, it is a lot of a revenge plot, really. Like, the Cybermen had a reason. Like, they were trying to make stuff better. The Cybermen had a reason that you could almost get behind, right? They're yeah, like trying like, to eliminate suffering, yeah, but this he's, guy, he's, just he's like, got a reason, and even the reason is terrible. Yeah. Like, they the, kicked me out of my yeah. own business, he's so gonna I'm going to slaughter an entire You have enough race. money to survive, so... Yeah, so he's going to he's gonna wipe out six and a half billion people just to just get yeah. back yeah. at some people who fired him. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, you know, I hate to draw the comparison because of the you know, the bald head, but this is like Lex Luthor <laughs> level of, of, uh, just villainy. What's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of <laughs> just like villainy. evil, you yeah. know, where he's, he's literally going to wipe out an entire planet so that he has money and revenge. It's, yeah. He already has the money. He's not even doing it. Oh, that's true. He's just like, yeah. It's, he's not even going to get money for destroying the he earth. He says, I have enough money in my various Banks or whatever that I can right. have a full fortune after retirement. I'm like, yeah. so Max Capricorn, you suck, but we love you. <laughs> uh, let's get into um, the rest of the checklist. The well count, we had five of those. Um, I love that uh, one of them centered in on uh, what's his name, the uh, the the Earthonomics guy saying oh, yeah. uh, that that 
what was it? The Great Britain, Great France, and Great Germany I know. were all at war with America. America. And he says, no, well, not yet. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> like, not yet. What's happening? Oh. Um, and uh, it just, just there, there were sprinkled throughout there. We had five, which brings our our count to what, Corbin? Forty-two. Forty-two. Which happens to be one of the protocol overrides he tries, and the name of a previous episode. So, and more important, y'all may not know this. Um, this forty-two is the answer to the big question about life, the universe, yeah, and the meaning of life. That's right. Uh-huh. Uh, so I saw that in the notes. That's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's right. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the uh, the connection there, Douglas Adams, who wrote, uh, I'm, I'm almost saying Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, Douglas Adams wrote that book. He was a writer for Doctor Who back in the, in the classic era. Oh, that's um, cool. So 42 is some, it's kind of... Doctor Who's 47, mm-hmm. uh, the way 47 pops up all the time in Star Trek. Um, but I don't think it's quite as, uh, quite as much. Doctor so Who's it, 12. It just so happens that we, we landed on 42 right now. So uh, we did get an I'm sorry. It was a, it was a, it was a bit of a variant. Kind it was a bit of, of a variant. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, that's the only way we pretty much get them anymore is just... Yeah. It was close enough. Yeah, it was yeah. close enough. Uh, I mean, someone said you you promised you'd bring him back, Doctor, and he says, "I know, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And I was like, "Oh, he almost! I thought he was gonna." No. Ah, he, he almost said it. What so did one he not this episode, say? which brings us up to, is that six? Is that <clears throat> accurate? Did we update that? I don't know. I don't think that is. We'll say seven just for well, the sake. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's make a note. Seven to check plus into that later. two. Um, we got the greatest Alonzi ever. Ever. Yes. Uh, we had him actually get to say Alonzi Alonso, Alonso. Um, which, which is I fantastic. mean, what was even the point of asking what the guy's first name was? So that the writers had a way for him to say Alonzi Alonso. <laughs> That's uh, basically all it was. He, well, the doctor always is is kind of a first name basis kind of a person, right? Um, Astrid tried all to right, call Martha. him something. And he says, "Oh, the doctor's fine." You know, yeah, kind of I thing, think so. it was, she uh, tried to call him Sir is, or something. All right, is that number right? Uh. I, I don't know. Apparently, we didn't update these counts. Yeah, we but, didn't yeah, update sure we did. anything. Uh, we did get a... Uh, well, okay, so we, we have on the count here a what. Did we get that... Didn't... Uh, did we get one that was no. not the one from the last time? No. No, we didn't. Okay. See, we, we obviously did not do a good job with our counts we're, here. We're letting you down. But, uh, <laughs> we're letting you down, listeners. We're, we apologize. Just keep going. Apologize. Yeah, uh, we did have some uh, jibberty jabberty Trip, you want to give that a shot? The Jibberty Jabberty is... So Astrid Wait. is is yeah. uh, s- supposedly Stalker gone, but maybe he can save her by... Like, teleporting her in? Because she had the... Because um, she had teleported down because um, of, like, the little bracelet or whatever. Right, yeah, she was still wearing it. So they had to get up, like, enough power so sh- they could, like, try and bring her back, but... Right. Of so course he, not. So what did he try and do? Oh, uh... He, he launches into some great jibberty-jabberty. Uh... Um, feedback the molecule grid boosts the restoration <laughs> matrix. Need more phase con... Can't... Uh, too I much jibberty-jabberty. <laughs> too much... Yeah, it's too Need much. Need more phase containment. If I can just link up the surface suspension... Dot dot dot. Um, and Lots he, of words. He there. doesn't. He doesn't manage to. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately. So uh, let's see some jiggery pokery when the doctor goes in and uh, hooks some stuff up on the sly. Corbin, what did we have here? <laughs> uh, so for the Sonic, 
probably the most amazing thing he's ever done. Flipping <laughs> blew the top off of a champagne bottle from 10 feet away. It's like, wow. And that, again, for it's me, that amazing. falls into something that seems like the Sonic should be able to do. That yeah. seems like if you vibrated a champagne bottle the right way, you probably it would could do that. Do that. Yeah, but... so. Uh, oh, so the TARDIS under Jiggery Pokery, apparently the TARDIS can just, you know, repair, repair. itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. normal stuff. So when it, when it slams into a, a uh, another ship, it can just sort of pull back and uh, repair Oops. itself uh, automatically, almost as though it was being rewound or something. Or uh, regenerated. Ooh. Which is what I was originally going to put. Ooh. I like that. All right. Uh, and apparently, <laughs> Corbin, this is you. This is this is you. This is fantastic. So, I don't remember when this happens. I think he's like, oh, look, there's my it, TARDIS. It, yeah. It, crud. It, when when it's the adrift, meteors hit, it yeah, falls like, out of, of the Titanic. Yeah, and he's like, oh, man, when it's adrift, it's programmed to lock on to the nearest center of gravity. I pointed out two things. First of all, the nearest center of gravity would be the Titanic. And then Dad was like, well, maybe it means the biggest center of gravity. And I'm like, but that's just what things do. That's <laughs> called gravity. <laughs> when, you, when you lock on to the nearest center of gravity, that's called falling. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I have that same feature programmed into me. Yeah. Anytime I'm adrift in space, I have a tendency to yeah. lock on to the nearest center of gravity yeah. and approach it at a rapid pace. <laughs> 9.8 meters per second per second, if I remember correctly. All right. So, um, let's see. And then we had some random, um, some random jiggery pokery. Oh, it was just, it was the jibberty jabber. Yeah. It was when he was trying that to stuff. feed back the molecule grid and blah, blah, blah. All uh, that yeah, to try and save Astrid. Basically, it was a lot of him pulling wires and pushing buttons yeah. and sonicking things. And this time it didn't work. This oh, time, man. and then he had um, uh, he had a, a meltdown. Yeah, a, a little bit of a meltdown. And actually, I just remember that's that's later on in the notes. I uh, had some random alien tech. Wait, method. wasn't there one for the psychic paper? Oh, there he, was. Yeah, because he used it, it for the ticket. Like, he managed to convince the guy that he had a plus one, which I'm not sure if you can even do that on that ship, but okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, why not? Um, yeah, that I, I didn't put that one in there because... That's just um, normal it was a, Yeah, that was like a, a, a fairly I mean, aside normal from the, use of the psychic paper. Aside from the RFID paper, like, <laughs> or whatever, scanner, I mean, yeah. not paper. That's like the most amazing thing that's done. Yeah. All right, uh, the random alien tech. We had the nuclear storm drive. Um, that just sounds amazing. I know. Which apparently a nuclear storm drive is a ball of fire in the I middle know. of the ship. Yeah, that's, that's all that awesome. Was. With rings, metal rings. I'm a little bit <laughs> swirling around it. He, uh, what's his name? Max Capricorn. He apparently remotely cut the engines off. Right. Yet when they're falling down into the engine, into the nuclear storm drive, yeah. it's still active. They're this still fire, so fire. Oh my word. and I'm like, uh, you're so right. Flaws here. Did he? Well, did he cut the drive or did he cut the engines? I don't know. Hmm. Maybe that's why she was still falling because she didn't catch on fire or whatever. Because it, well, it wasn't well, on. No, when she fell down, we we watched her. Yeah. Fall towards the fire because remember you said yeah, how did she get outside of the forklift thing? <laughs> which I just realized is like very reminiscent of the. Cyber leader falling into the exploding building fire. Yeah, like he yeah. did the exact it's same a, it's thing. It's a common, dun, yeah, dun, it's a dun. common scene. So yeah, uh, I'm apparently falling, falling right, so, into fire um, to death. And also, the, it's really weird. Like 
could you see the doctor? Because she's like, help me, I'm falling. No, you're not. You're standing. Um, and then she was yeah. just like, help me. I was kind of confused about how aware she was, but she yeah. kind of kissed him back. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming that she was somewhat aware. Maybe. Which is kind of horrifying when you think about it. I, I like I'm to think that the, that the way the doctor left things was that... You know, he says, now you can travel everywhere. You're not yeah. falling, you're flying. Yeah. So it, he seems to be implying that the stardust that goes flewing out the... Flu, fluing? Floofing? Floofing. Floofing. goes floofing out the window is somehow conscious, yeah. right? And the mm-hmm. fact that it zips by him at the very end there... Just it ...makes it seem like yeah. she's somehow still, still sentient and conscious there. in there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least as... as uh, uh, the Earthonomics guy said, uh, a ghost of consciousness. So, all right. So, uh, no real mention of Rose this time, except maybe obliquely, just in the in the idea of I travel alone <clears throat> uh, at the very end there. Mm-hmm. But we had, um, uh, as far as Martha, uh, we we did have a little bit of a nod to her, where mm-hmm. Astrid at the beginning says, "Oh, so." Uh, are you with someone? Are you traveling with someone? And he says, no, it's just me. It used to be someone, but now it's just me. I like how he says it used to be someone. Like, it was a long time ago, but it was like... Yeah. It was, it was like, like five and a half minutes ago. I know. Yeah, it was I mean, literally like... Considering the bonus thing was only like seven minutes long. Right. Oh, there was true. no way this yeah. was longer than half an so hour. Let's, so let's say a half an hour, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the thing is you got to remember, like, for... For, for the doctor, it was. It was like a half an hour later after Martha leaves to he's talking to Astrid. But for, and, and for us, it was a week, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but for at most the time, people, uh, Last of like the Time Lords year. aired in what, June? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was the last week of June. So, it was like yeah. June 30th or something. And this is December 25th. So this is so, six yeah. months down the road. Yeah, it was a while. And so... Uh, one so of the, for everybody, it's been a while. The, yeah. And and one of the things that, that you guys don't get to experience yet is that downtime. Because we Waiting. watch this stuff hyper-compressed. You know, so, so I was doing mm-hmm. the math the other day. Uh, next... Next year, based on the schedule that we that we laid out, which by the way we'll talk about this later, but on on Facebook.com slash noobs in the Hoovian, you can see a picture of half of our schedule for next year. We outlined a schedule that will get us halfway through. Uh, so let's see, we're going into season four. We're going to do season five. I think we'll be halfway through season six this time next year. Mm, Again, assuming we stay on schedule. So think about that. That same amount of what we're going to cover in the next 12 months Mm -hmm. took three years. Yeah. And where we're going to go from, uh, we went went from the episode that aired June 30th to the episode that aired December 25th Mm -hmm. to the episode that I don't know when the next episode (laughs) originally aired, probably probably in like April or May or something like that. We're going to do it in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. We don't have these long, long gaps. And that's good because we don't have to wait. Yeah. But then it's also like... We, we don't there's have still, a There's break. stuff that we miss. Like, I, like I'll give you an example. Um, we're a little off topic, so so pull me back in a minute here. But Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody somebody <laughs> mentioned to us that they, they listened to an episode where we mentioned we hadn't ever seen any of Harry Potter. And in the meantime, uh, we have. We've now watched all of the movies... And we've seen one of the two prequels. We just haven't gotten to the second prequel yet. 
I don't but think it's watched, out yet. Like it it's out, but like it's in you theaters. Can't, yeah. yeah. Um, but we watched those those eight movies in the course of what four months. Probably. And I mean, think about. I don't it. think it, it was four months. It was, it was shorter definitely than shorter than that. It was hyper compressed. I mean, if we'd have watched them over the course of twelve months, month it would have been insane. Something. something that took eight years. I mean, you watched those characters. Uh, excuse me, those actors grow up, and so we like. I'll be honest. I don't remember much past the second movie. I don't. Mm-hmm. I remember snippets and little tiny little details. I don't remember. Yeah. I could not tell you what happens in the Goblet of Fire. Could not tell uh-huh. you probably because. We watched them and we zipped through and we didn't have a year to digest and read articles about it and do see memes and rewatch yeah. right and rewatch and, and yeah exactly and, and to you know to watch it in the theater and then rent it when it came out on Netflix and then or, or on Redbox and then buy it when it came out on Blu-ray we didn't have all of that yeah. and we don't have that here either and so mm-hmm. um, there's there's those things where it's like hyper compressed so for the doctor it was like a half an hour. But for fandom at the time, it had been six months yeah. of, oh, yeah, remember? It, Martha. You know, it used to have somebody. Oh, uh-huh. let's all shed a tear for Rose. I mean, Martha. Um, <laughs> all right, so, no, it's Rose. So who There's is Martha? No, um, Martha is the one that he used to travel with. Who is Astrid? Astrid, um, holy cow. I mean, like, how? Okay, okay, okay. If you guys had not already seen and known that, spoiler alert, Donna's coming back. Uh-huh. If you guys had not seen that he has a new companion uh, that is not Astrid, what would y'all have thought of in this episode? She was going to die. She was definitely the next companion. She, you know, I, I would have thought she was going to die. I mean, huh? I would have thought she was going to die, really. What? If you didn't know that she wasn't yeah. in the next series? Yeah, I think so. Really? Why is that? I don't know. I mean, last Christmas special, he gave someone the chance to become his companion, and they totally rejected him that time, too. I was like... Yeah, but the first Christmas special, it was Rose. Yeah, he already had a companion then. Yeah. So, okay. like, if right. he doesn't have one, it doesn't seem like he's going to get one. I would think she would specials. stay. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, me watching it, I'm like, they're setting this up. Like, the fans had to be watching this thinking, she's the new companion. And if they didn't have any real-world like, production nope, notes... Nope, you're gonna die in a nuclear storm. Yeah, I mean, Corbin, Corbin knew, like, within a few minutes, he was like, <laughs> was oh, like, so she's, she's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, no, as, as soon as I as meet as her, I'm like, like, she's dead. <laughs> as soon as she's like, can I travel? I'm like, she's dead Oh, already. you're so dead <laughs> She's dead I already. really couldn't remember if she died... Or if she got so freaked out, like Donna, I thought, okay, dangling over the the nuclear uh, engine thing was just going to freak her out so bad that she was going to say, you know what, never mind. Or or that she was, like, something was going to happen and the doctor was going to have to, the only way he could save everyone was by leaving her behind or something like that. I couldn't remember. Um, Yeah, she's dead. Just like Rose. So she's kind of a loner, right? She's dreaming of other worlds, of other yeah. skies. Why stay in one place when the universe is just so teeming with life? He is auditioning her, <laughs> interviewing her, just like he did with Martha, all throughout this episode. And then it finally yeah. comes down to it, where he he does he dangles he dangles the treat out in front of her, right, and says, "Hey, you know, adventure, space, other skies, other worlds." Time. Yeah. And then. Did you notice this? Like, he's definitely saying, hey, man, wouldn't this be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if you, like, you know, traveled and went around and stuff? And she's like, mm-hmm. maybe there's room in your little blue box for one more. And he goes, it's not safe. What are you 
you doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, you jerk! <laughs> He's like, you set girl. this all up. You got well, everything trying per- to make sure. precise and perfect, and then you just smack her out of the way. Nope, you're not yeah. coming. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so, it's. I don't know, man. I just, it's I never know psychology. how to take his initial interactions with with a a new uh, companion because he just. I don't know. It's I'm torn about it. I'm torn about it every time. So um, she agrees to go. She is yeah. totally on board, and she is the type, right? She's yeah. the type. She's she, the she just is like Martha. the one. Like, I, I, let's go on an adventure. Let's fix things. Let's save the day. Let's yeah. do all that kind of stuff. And then, she boom, does. yeah, yeah. And she kind of like proves that she's a companion because she sacrifices herself. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she proves that she was worth it. So, she would. She was a good companion. That's right. Yeah, she would. Yeah, the, 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 she would have done what she had to do. There's got to be out there. There's be a list of the companions who never were. You know. Um, yeah. So we have. Um, there's just a small side note, and I and I didn't dig into it too much. Maybe I should have. I noted. I noted in the recap that Astrid is an anagram of TARDIS, mm-hmm. and apparently. That, that caused sent, a lot of speculation. Yeah, all kinds of speculation. I didn't go into into. De- did you look at any of what the speculation included? Like, no. what did people think that meant? No, it was just no. in the myths yeah. or whatever yeah. section. Yeah. I was like, so apparently there was all cool. kinds of thought about what does I that didn't mean even and that. all this kind of stuff. And apparently it doesn't mean anything. So, um, who is the doctor? Well, he travels for fun, or at least that's the plan. It never quite works. <laughs> I thought that was uh, a hilarious, really hilarious summary of. What is this show that we're about to sit down and? <laughs> yeah. It's about a man who travels through time and space, uh, just for fun. At least that's what he wants to do. It never quite works. Yeah. Ends up somewhere where there's you know disaster coming. Uh, Death is his only constant companion. Oh gosh, yeah. Who was it that said that to him? Uh, Clive. Clive, yeah. How do you remember his name? That was from the that's first episode. <laughs> that's really good. That's a true Whovian right, right there. Uh, Corbin, uh, give us. We we kind of had two. Rants of the week. One of them was was silly, and then the other one was serious, and they were sort of back to back. Corvus, give us the mm-hmm. first one there. One, we're gonna climb through the ship. B. No. Two, we're gonna reach the bridge. Three or C, we're gonna save the Titanic. And four or D, or that little IV they use in footnotes. Follow me. <laughs> it's amazing. I love that. I thought that was great. Um, uh, that's just. I love when he has his little silly moments like that. It remind. I don't know why, because it's not. It's not the same. Uh, other than him talking to himself and self-editing and being silly, uh-huh. it reminded me of the Lion King bit. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does the whole you know like look at look at these people when they step out for the first time, blinking into the sun. There's more to see that could ever be seen. More to do that. No wait, that's the Lion King. Um, yeah, you know just those kind of moments <laughs> there. Brilliant. But then he has the oh my gosh this is why we love this man moment where he's, <laughs> with yes. the guy says who are you and who put you in charge and he wheels around on that guy <laughs> and does the like the slow determined bum, walk bum, towards bum. the camera as the camera zooms in on his face dun, and there's like dun, dun. stuff in the background like pow, 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 you know like <laughs> stuff going nuts yeah and he says I'm the doctor I'm a time lord I love the way he says by the way I'm the doctor I'm a time lord <laughs> The way he says, Lord, it's just, you know, I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Cateberus. I know I didn't say that right. I'm 903 years old, and I'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. You got a problem with that? Oh, my gosh. I will follow you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, follow I'm, coming, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming right not. now. That's okay. Uh, uh, uh. Um, let's see. Um, oh, man. Uh, so 
the, he has the uh, you know what I'll I'll leave that bit for later. Um, Capricorn, all that. Oh yeah, okay. So speaking of <laughs> speaking of the rants of the week, uh-huh. Max Capricorn says something to him about it's too bad we couldn't have worked together. You're really good. All that banter and yet not a word wasted. <laughs> That's like the doctor to a T. Certainly yeah. his rants, but I mean like even and it, for some reason it reminded me of. Uh, of Whitaker, uh, current in the current season that's on the air, she. I remember I mentioned how she has these throwaway bits that I can't tell if they're Easter eggs or not. Uh-huh. Where she'll be like, "Oh yes, I did I tell you about the time that I met the Queen?" You know, or, uh, that's generic. But yeah. she just has these throwaway lines. Every single one of those throwaway lines is informing the character. It's mm-hmm. telling you a little bit about who this person is. And right now they're doing it. Uh, they, they. I feel like they've done a lot of that to. Because this is supposed to be the 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 season that you bring in new fans. So this is definitely going to be the season for us. Uh, yeah. So the yeah, yeah Jodie Whittaker's season, the, the her first season here is supposed to be the episode that you can bring in brand new people that have never seen Doctor Who. Yeah. And they're going to be fine. So they're doing a lot of character building with the Doctor. Which I guess that's part of the reason why there's no returning villains because they don't want to be like, oh, that's hey, exactly you remember that yeah. one that's, time? That's no, exactly why. And, they, and whenever they do have Easter eggs, they are Easter eggs. Yeah. They're they're tiny little insignificant things. Um, there's there's one that uh, where you know she pulls out a fez hat and that it just made me smile. But for tiny. anybody else, you're watching it and you're like, she bought a fez. Okay. What? And it it informs Why? you about the character. That, hey, this this character is a little <laughs> silly, but you don't have to know that Matt Smith had a thing for fezes mm-hmm. to know that you know that's funny or whatever. So <laughs> banana glasses fits. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, oh, the doctor at one point says unsinkable. That's me. Yeah. Instead of the Titanic. Yeah. Um, oh gosh. And then we talked about his breakdown when he can't save Astrid. When he finally, when when the guy says, "Doctor, let her go." She's not there. She's just a ghost of consciousness. She's just atoms, which Corbin said. Everyone is. <laughs> I don't, I don't Everyone is just atoms. He said she's just yeah, atoms, every- and Corbin and I at the same time went, Everyone so am I. Just like, like, what are we talking about? Yeah, so, and who are you? And then they're like, so we're all, she's Stardust. And I'm like, technically, we're all Stardust too because right, right. that's what okay, Adam's So here's are. what we learned. Here's what we learned from this very informal, informational episode of Doctor Who. We're all atoms that have a tendency to lock onto the nearest center of gravity. <laughs> no, right? Yeah. It's not special. <laughs> um, but he just screams out, I can do anything. Right? Like, and then stands up yeah. and looks with this defeated look on his face. And um, holy cow, you know, the, there's mm-hmm. those moments where the doctor yeah. determines, you know what? I don't care. I can do anything. And again, because I couldn't remember this episode all that well, I couldn't remember, does he finally figure out a way? Because yeah. he goes, I can do anything. And then he has that defeated look. And I was waiting for the next beat to be, oh, you know, I figured it out. I know what I can do. Yeah, um, me Because too. normally when he breaks out like that, it's because he can do anything. And he's going to, and he's about to do anything. And yeah. 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 The impossible or whatever. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we have uh, we have a new segment here um, where we we've I've been putting out feelers here and there, and we got uh, an email from a new listener named Jared, and um, he uh, has been a, a a classic Who fan for for years on back. And has a lot more experience with it than I do. So I asked if he wouldn't mind sending in his thoughts from a classic Who perspective on this episode. So um, he he and I kind of went back and forth. And um, he actually sent me something else before this. But we've got to save it. Because we're going to use it later on. Um, 
So I said, hey, uh, if you've got anything for the next one, send that in, and it deals with this episode, Voyage of the Damned. So uh, let's take a listen to what Jared has to say from a classic Who connection perspective. Hi there, noobs in the Whovian. It's Jared, and until you find someone better, I'm going to be sending in some classic Who information from time to time. So in this episode, Voyage of the Damned, we have a couple of actors who played in New Who, obviously, but also in Classic Who. First of all, Clive Swift, who played Mr. Copper. Uh, that was the Earth expert. Um, he played Jobel in Revelation of the Daleks, and that was with the Seventh Doctor. And Jeffrey Palmer p- played Captain Hardiker, who was the captain of the Titanic. Uh, he was undersecretary masters in the Silurians, and also the administrator in The Mutants, and that's both with the third Doctor. Throughout New Who, they do a really excellent job of dropping in these little Easter eggs that if you only have watched New Who series, they'll totally make sense, but they also can reference things back in classic Who. And so we had one of those in this episode, and that's when Astrid is talking to the doctor, and she says, how come you know Earth so well? He replies, I was sort of, uh, a few years ago, I was sort of made, well, sort of homeless, and there was the Earth. So he could be referring to events from the Time War, which, of course, we know about in New Who, but... He could also be referring to the time when he was exiled to Earth. So back when he was the second doctor, he was put on trial by a tribunal of Time Lords for violating the non-interference policy. After that trial, he was sentenced to be exiled to Earth and a forced regeneration. So... While the uh, crimes took place with the second Doctor, we have the third Doctor actually living out the exile in the early 1970s. So this was an interesting little plot point in the story, and you have some focus on the non-interference policy, which like all other laws, it seems like, uh, for the Time Lords and in Doctor Who in general, are kind of flexible anyway, but we actually have a conviction here. But... What's, what's interesting about it is that it actually had, in the real world, in, in our world, had uh, a reason for it, and that was it saved them a whole bunch of money. It was budget cuts. They didn't want to have to be making a lot of alien sets every single episode. If it's on Earth, we can just stick with Earth sets, and uh, it'll be a lot cheaper to do and to build. The writers were not so thrilled about it because they got sick and tired of having to write stories that were about alien invasions or maybe something going on on Earth that the Doctor had to help out with. And so they were much more excited to get back out into space uh, once they finished with that exile time. So that's about all I got for you for this episode. Um, All the information comes from BBC America, TARDIS.Wikia.com, and my memory, or what's left of it at least. Finally, I'd like to give you my ratings for the episode. Uh, This wasn't really the most compelling story to me overall, but it had some strong points. Uh, Bonacafalada, 
awesome. Both the character and the name and his sacrifice for everyone. That was pretty darn sweet. Um, Astrid was an excellent one-off companion. Uh, and this mini rant from the Doctor, I think, was one of his best yet, where he goes, I'm the Doctor. I'm a Time Lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, etc., etc. And I'm the one who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below. You got a problem with that? That was pretty sweet. And then I'm going to give it I, I, just five points right off the bat for Alonzi Alonzo. That was awesome that they could work that in. So I'd give the overall episode 6.5 TARDIS crashes with the shields down. And as far as uh, how creepy it was, I gotta be honest, the Heavenly Host, they were pretty darn creepy. They were the only thing creepy to me in that episode, but they were pretty darn creepy. So it gets 250 levels for me. Jared, thanks so much, man. That was awesome. You are the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Jared, uh, like I said, he reached out, and um, and he and I have been emailing back and forth. And um, so hopefully uh, we'll have we'll have some stuff from him every now and then uh, for, for that those classic Who connections that, uh, that we can't make. So thanks so yeah. much for that. Um, that is a great segue, by the way, into our <laughs> overall impressions. Um, so, Tripp, um, what do you think – what is your overall – uh, actually, you know what? I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Did you guys have any thoughts about what Jared just said? Mm, no, not really. I, I love the idea that uh, they exiled the third doctor to Earth for budgetary reasons. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, also, the, it's the same reason that... The forced regeneration. That was yeah. a weird little tidbit there. I was yeah. like, huh. Yeah. They I, can I, force you to regenerate? Apparently. Yeah, I which mean, is weird. Apparently, the, I mean, regeneration like is a little bit more execution, voluntary. I guess, or something. Something it's just like, that. like yeah. I don't know. It's just like, and what would like the they're taking away. It's just like in like the Princess Bride where they took away like the one year of his life or whatever. Yeah, seems the same yeah. way to me. Right. Yeah. Because it's like you're just taking away how long he can live. Because they Basically, only have yeah. a certain amount of gener regenerations. Right, right. Well, except... Eh, not really. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Meh. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Lucy, like we said, you know... Yeah, I didn't like, think like about Jared that, that because I was thinking about it from the new perspective that, like, there's just regenerations. But you are pretty much taking regeneration out of their life by yeah. forced regeneration. Right. Yeah. And and it's interesting because we'll we'll learn more about regeneration. Like every time a regeneration happens, you learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. Kind of like every every time something goes wrong with the TARDIS, you learn a little bit more about yeah. how it works yeah. and things. And mostly it's just indigestion, but there's other problems <laughs> too. But I mean, uh, a regeneration is like a whole new life. I mean, it's a whole new person. Yeah. And uh, so so it is kind of, you know, there's this weird continuity and discontinuity at the same time. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, you're taking away something very, very significant. Like, so, that's kind of, like, that doesn't make sense. Because you can't just, like, I'm going to make you live less. Like, what? You can't really Well, do it's that. like executing somebody. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, except it's except like only, like, time Lord halfway. Except it's, like, yeah. less. Yeah. But I mean, it, they killed the they killed the second doctor. I mean, there's yeah, there's times later where um, uh, uh, I always battle with spoiler alert <laughs> in the current season. Uh, Jodie Whittaker describes it like dying. 
She said, it's yeah. just like dying. Regeneration, it feels like you're going to die. It's it's like more than you can possibly stand, and then something changes. But then how and then they... you're a new person. And so it's it's terrible. And we're gonna you're gonna see that as you go along, that it's not like, oh well, good thing I can just do this. Bloop. Uh, now I've got a new face. It's yeah. dying. It's just a it's different type much. of dying. So it's a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. And um The thing I, is, is it worse? Because, like, they have know. to stand it and be right. able to, like... Well, that, and they have to do it, like, a bunch of times yeah. in the, <laughs> the yeah. course of their existence. I so. mean, we only have to die once. They have to yeah, die, they like, have to die 12, 12 times. times. So, at any Unless rate, I, they don't want to, yeah. which you can do all of a sudden. There, there's, so, there's more, you know, obviously, because the Time Lords are all gone by the time we've picked up in 2005, but there's a lot more interaction with the Time Lords and Gallifrey and all of that which in is, Classic Who. So I am looking forward to seeing more of that. Yeah, which is weird because I I saw this article the other day that's like they finally released Time Lord religion or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> what? they've had a long time and a lot of Time Lords in New Who to do that with. And they're only doing it now. Right. right. Yeah, and it's, it's, it is interesting that uh, there are certain aspects of Time Lords, Gallifrey, um, all of that, that... I assumed I didn't have any knowledge of it because I didn't know Classic Who, mm -hmm. only to come to find out that this has never been covered before. Yeah. It seems like Doctor Who does not do the deep dives into the culture the way Star yeah. Trek does. Um, so that's it's kind of interesting that that's... Star Trek does that sort of stuff in one episode. They've had yeah. like a million episodes and they haven't done it. Oh, well, no, well yeah. what I'm saying is like there's... There are there's an entire genre of Star Trek episodes that's Klingon episodes. Yeah, like we're going to explore the Klingon culture. We're going to explore the Cardassian culture, the the Ferengi culture. Yeah, they do those deep All dives over the course of time, yeah. and you'll have a, a Ferengi centric episode, and then the next season you'll have another one. And so by the time you get to the end of Deep Space Nine, we know a lot about the Ferengis. We know yeah. a lot about the Cardassians. We know a lot about you know like really what they are, who yeah. they are, yeah. how you they a, act. You get a lot of that. And you don't get so much of that apparently with with yeah, Doctor Who. So. Just yeah, like that's cool. yeah, they're no an alien race. <laughs> no backstory for you. That's right. All right. So overall impressions, um, Corbin. What do you think, man? Out of ten, what do you what do you got? <coughs> I mean, I feel like this one had a really stranger story than normal, and I didn't like it as much. Oh, really? As mm -hmm. the normal okay. stuff. Yeah, but I'd still say this is decent 7 out of 10. Okay. Uh, I don't know, just gravity-centric <laughs> tortoises. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, we got yeah. interrupted watching this one because it was so long. Um, yeah. Fifth longest episode? Mm -hmm. Third, fifth, fifth, fifth longest episode of the of of the entire run, um, but uh, we were in the middle of watching it. We had about thirty minutes left, and we had to go somewhere. Yeah. So we had to pause it and come back to it. And in the in between time, I actually said to you guys, I was like, "Man, this is just fun. This is just yeah. a fun episode." And and that's the way I would describe it. It's just a fun adventure. Yeah. I mean, it it it's yeah. it kind of shares that in common with the movie Titanic. You know, like you've got a ship going down. Now it wasn't water coming in and all that, but you've got that disaster movie scenario where you've got to you've got to go across the the chasm on a piece of fallen metal because you're in the middle of a broken ship. You know, <laughs> um, and and I thought 
I thought Astrid was great for the short amount of time yes. that we get her. I think the villain is amazing. Um, yeah, there's some plot holes here and there. Yeah. But I think overall, I, I really like this. I thought it was great. I thought it was fun callbacks to London is deserted because every yeah. <laughs> the last two every Christmases, Christmas. something has happened. So they're like, that's, that's it. Totally. We're leaving. We're leaving. Bye. Um, there's, so there's fun little callbacks like that. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I wouldn't, I'm going to give it eight. I'm going to give it eight. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to give it eight. I'm going to give it eight Bonacafalata spikes. <laughs> ten. Trip, what about um, you? Um, I think, like, I, I mean, like, I, I agree with y'all guys. Like, uh-huh. the Christmas specials just are different. Like, not yeah, in a bad way, mm-hmm. but they just seem different. Yeah. I don't really they get know. more different as we go, by the way. Yeah. You I just mean, get weirder. Like, the weirder. first episode was introducing a new doctor, you know? Yeah. So. But, like, as you go along, they get more and more one-off yeah. feel to them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are interesting to, like, look into, because I feel like they are, like, the more interesting episodes. Because, like, this had okay. a real, like... I don't know. This one just kind of stuck out to me. Like, this one was a just a... Good, like, straight-out episode. There weren't, like, as many plot holes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, there are, there are some points where it's sure. like, what is going on right here? It's like, why is he talking about this thing? So what are you going to rank it? So, um, I think I agree with you. I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10 uh, foggy eyes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks for reminding me. Of that. <laughs> um, Actually, he only level? had one foggy eye, not eight. <laughs> I'm gonna give it uh, creep level. I don't know, man. The the hosts are are pretty dang creepy. Um, yeah. They're not. They're they're a creepy in a different kind of way. Yeah. Their like, appearance wise is is not bad, except the fact that you know at some point they're gonna move, and that they're gonna like try and kill everybody. Yeah. Like, you just knew that was coming. Um, so I'm I gonna mean, give it the only purpose they serve is to kill. kill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. Uh, until uh, until you know their authority died, so they gravitated towards the nearest, uh, the next highest authority, which, which is me. I, I yeah. know, but like, shouldn't that have been the midshipman? The midshipman, yeah, yeah, whatever. Uh, no, the doctor is always the highest authority in the room. Uh, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it that once in one of the past episodes, <clears throat> but yeah, that kind of thing has come up. I'm gonna give it um, 300 creep levels. I'm gonna give it 300 just mm-hmm. because of the uh, the eyeball and uh, <laughs> just his entire appearance. Because yeah. again, I'm always I'm always rating this as you know from the perspective yeah. of Brayden watching it by peeking through the door down the hall. Yeah, so 300 out of 500. Trip, what do you think? Um, I think this was not really like one of the creepier episodes, sure. but it did have some creepy parts. Okay. Like, uh, like <laughs> an- uh. yeah, I mean like. What are they called? Like the angel thingies, whatever those the things host. are. Called. Yeah, the whole the hosts and the guy with the foggy eye. What was his name? I just Max. Yeah, Max. Max. Ting. That was oh, that so was, that was weird. weird it does that in that real wasn't life? Creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Ting. All right. So what's um, your what's your creep level then? I think I'm gonna give this um probably a two seventy two seventy five. Two seventy five. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna say a solid, solid two seventy five as well. Like, okay. yeah. This one was kind of creepy. It wasn't yeah, super like, creepy or anything. But, there um, are episodes that like have no creep 
at all. But this is one of the, like, kind of, like, in the middle where it's like, yeah, the, it was creepy. There were creepy parts. Like, I'm not scared that they're going to come flying at me and throwing their little disc thingies. <laughs> but it is just, like, the thing that the makes... The way that you are terrified of every statue you ever come across. Yeah. What you mean? Yeah, 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 I'm with you. I mean, I'm not afraid they're going to creep up in my bed and be like, sing. (laughs) But it's just like that creepy feel and stuff, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Um, All right, so there... There was a a mini sode, and unfortunately, I think we're we're a little long because I I could spend entirely too much time talking about yeah. this. So, um, if you weren't aware, there is uh, what the Lion King calls an in between quill uh, that that mm-hmm. exists between Last of the Time Lords and Voyage of the Damned. Uh, that literally takes place between the time that Martha closed the door and the Titanic crashed into the corner of the TARDIS. And somehow yeah. still counts as canon, considering those two things look like they happened. It was just a jump cut. Right after. It was a jump cut. Um, anyways, it's a uh, it's a one-off called Time Crash, and it was a special for the Children in Need uh, fundraiser special that the, the Doctor Who uh, did some stuff for that for a few years. And uh, we'll put a link in the show. The only place that we could find it was on Vimeo. And so we have a, a link there in the show notes. You can go check that out. And here's what I want to do. Guys, I want to I toss this at you because... Um, we're long on this episode, and we're also pressed for time, so we've got to go. Yeah. Um, after we do some listener input, but I want to do a mini-sode of our own. Our own. Yeah. As though we're not already mini-sode. pressed for time. Yeah. Uh, let's try and cram something else in, but yeah. I do want to do a mini-sode. So here's what you're going to do, folks. Um, take a look at Time Crash, and then hopefully we'll get something together, and we'll be able to release release our own mini-sode. Um, Time Crash is only eight minutes, um, and so go watch that, but there's a, there's a ton of fun stuff that happens in there. Yeah. Uh, won't spoil it for you at all, but just go go check that out at the link, and then we'll, we will do our best to uh, to release a mini-sode of our own. It'll be the very first uh, mini-sode that we've ever done. So, listener input. Um, we did have some fun stuff on Facebook. As I mentioned, we posted the tentative schedule. Uh, it's kind of like the Pirate's Code. It's more like guidelines than actual rules. Yeah. And you have to be a Time Lord for them to apply. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> we got some good feedback on it, so go check that out at the Facebook page, facebook.com slash noobsandthehoovian. Uh, a listener named Dean said that he can't wait to hear our feedback on the episode An Unearthly Child. And that is the very first episode of Doctor Who. It's the first story. Classic Who. Uh, yes. And that's what we decided. Uh, Jared had an idea for us. Uh, I can't remember if we... Yeah, yeah, we mentioned it because we put out a poll about it. Yeah. And the poll was split 50-50. So what we decided we would do is we would uh, go ahead and here and there, we will do our timey-wimey episodes and do a classic Who. So that'll be kind of like we'll alternate those. And uh, the first one that we're going to do, if you're going to do classic Who, you got to start at the beginning, right? Yeah. Because we're completionists. Yeah. So, uh, but we're not going to go completionist yeah. on this. We're going we're gonna to bounce around. and Until... We catch up. Until we catch up. Then we're going to go through and watch That's right. That's right. So 15 years from now. Yeah. Uh, But at any rate, um, so Jared, thanks for the idea. Um, Actually, that may not have been Jared now that I'm thinking about it. That might have been, that might have been Fred. Uh, That might have been Fred that suggested that. Fred Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So at any rate, um, uh, we're going to be doing that. We have a lot of great listeners. Um, We can't keep up. Yeah. That's right. You guys are, you guys are awesome. Um, iTunes reviews. We had, we had a new iTunes review uh, that came in and, uh, 
it says, we started listening to this podcast because our favorite one was on break and we needed something to listen to during our commute. So glad we happened upon it. My kids and I are Whovians and we love to rewatch the episode Austin and his sons talk about on their show. Their family dynamic is awesome. They get along wonderfully and never yuck someone else's yum. This is no longer just a filler podcast, but is now a family favorite. And that is actually uh, from, oh gosh, I can't remember her first name. Oh no. Is it Catherine? Kathy? Oh no, uh, Christina. Uh, it's uh, Christina, Christina and Xavier. Um, it took me a while to realize that was actually her, uh, leaving that review yeah. on iTunes. And then we also had, um, we had our first review was a four-star review that Which said, this show's amazing and it's great and everybody in the world should watch it. I don't remember exactly what it said, but the review yeah. was glowing. And then, no, no, it wasn't even a four-star. Wasn't it like a two? I don't know. It was like a two star or something yeah. like that. And, no, I uh, think it was a four star because we had all five stars except for one. One four, four star. star. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I when I was checking for new reviews this week, uh, November twenty fourth, uh, he came back, changed the rating to a five. The title of the res- of the review is "Sorry," and the content says, "I meant to give you all five stars. Still listening, Narthex." So it's that's a, a nobody's listening reference. That's so a yeah. Go check yeah. that. Nobody's show listening out, slash awesome. that story show uh, reference from Gator Boy sixty seven. Not sure who that is. Um, I'm sure it's somebody that I've interacted with over on the Facebook page yeah. on there. So uh, we did have uh, a, a couple of emails we wanted to read. The first one came from Jared. He says, "Dear noobs and the Whovian, I love by the way that the first couple of emails uh, that Jared sent in, he did not refer to us in any other way but noobs and, and Whovian. Yes, it was with gross. capital N yeah. and capital W. So you'll hear that in the email. He says, "I've been wanting to watch." through the reboot Doctor Who episodes again for a while now, but I just haven't had the time. So when I heard The Whovian on that story show, I checked out Noobs and The Whovian, and I love it. Since you cover each episode so well, I can relive the episodes from my car while I'm on the road for work and gain some new insights from the trivia and theories. You really got me hooked right from the start with your theory that Willy Wonka could be a Time Lord. That was Corbin's original theory, episode one. Um, He says, I'm a Doctor Who fan from way back, but I've never thought of that one myself. That was an amazing connection and just blew me away. Yeah. So, he says and by the way this this email I neglected our email account this was from like three or four weeks ago he says yeah. I'm I'm six episodes in and I can't wait to catch up and hopefully I'll be able to watch a few episodes along the way keep up the great work he then emailed in a couple of weeks later says uh, it sounds like he assumes that he that we didn't get his first email <laughs> Yeah. Poor guy, because I didn't respond to it. We're so says, sorry. Yeah, he says, Dear Noobs in the Whovian, I heard about your podcast from that story so, show. Uh, since I've already seen New Who, I was just going to listen to the podcast, but as I was working through them, I couldn't help myself, and I'm watching New Who again. Yay! Yes. Uh, but this time, I was able to convince my wife to watch with me. Yes! We are completing our mission here. That's right. new people to Doctor Who. He says, I've listened to all, your new episode, uh, all of your episodes now, but after each Doctor Who episode, I watch with my wife, I go back and re-listen to your podcast. This guy is not only re-watching Doctor Who, he's re-listening yes. to Noobs and the Whovian. Yes. Um, so he says, we just finished Aliens of London and World War III, and I know we have a way to go, but after listening to Blink, I can't wait for her to see that episode. I may not be introducing a uh-huh. whole new generation, but at least there's one more Doctor Who fan developing. Uh-huh. Uh, huh? I said, that's funny. Oh, uh, what I love best about your show is experiencing Doctor Who through the fresh reactions and ideas of the of the noobs, and how the Whovian keeps the show moving along and offering teasers of what's to come without too many spoilers. Yeah. He gets us. 
He yeah, gets us. Yeah, Jared, you get us. I also love when you add in bits about other shows you like or what you're interested in. I was beginning to think that I was the only one left who still sings about Trogdor <laughs> or wants more episodes of Teen Girl Squad. But now I know there are at least three more out there. Jared, I'm happy to report there are at least four because our, uh, uh, my wife, their, their oh, mom, is Keely, is a, as big a fan of Trogdor and Teen Girl Squad and Homestar Runner as they are. They, she's actually seen all of it and they haven't. So. Yeah. Brayden loved it too, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Brayden, absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, so all so five of five, us are, yeah. are huge. Is at least five. Homestarrunner.com fans. Homestarrunner.com. It's .net. I said that backwards, but anyway. Yup. Boy, <laughs> check that. Well, I didn't want to mess people up. The website is homestarrunner.com. Um, so then we also had another one uh, from Dean. I think. Was this Dean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, greetings, noobs in the Whovian from Australia. Ooh. I found your podcast after listening to that story show. James, you're freaking awesome. Uh, this past <laughs> weekend. He says, I stopped listening to that episode to download and listen to your first few episodes, and I love it. He stopped oh, listening. Oh, my God. He stopped listening he to stopped that story show. He stopped listening to that story show. Went, went and listened to the first few went episodes and of ours. listened to our episodes. And then listen to this. He says, oh, I then gosh. went back to finish the episode of that story show, and so I'm hoping this isn't your first email from a listener. Thank you, Dean. It was not, but thank you. Um, he says, I mentioned on Facebook that I grew up watching Classic Who. That being said, I didn't start watching it until about 1977 when I was five, which was halfway through the fourth Doctor's incarnations. Oh. Uh, incarnation. During that time, they still played reruns, so I was able to watch episodes from the second and third Doctor as well. Mm -hmm. Some of the stories were definitely scary, and I remember at uh, I remember many times hiding behind the sofa while the Doctor and his companions fought Daleks and Cybermen and all the other aliens and monsters the creative team came up with. Uh -huh. Another great memory was the first regeneration which I, uh, that I saw, which was a rerun of the story when the third Doctor changed to the fourth. One more memory I'll share was that back in the 70s and 80s, there wasn't cable television. Uh -huh. Where I lived, we had three channels, and so Doctor Who was on every night. Uh -huh. That's amazing. <laughs> it says, I'll email again my first thoughts about the unearthly child closer to when you do that episode. I actually read the script in an old Doctor Who collection that was celebrating 25 years of Doctor Who before finally seeing that episode several years later. I'll sign off here. I look forward to listening to more episodes. Have a great day. Dean. Dean, good on you. Uh, thank uh -huh. you so much for um, emailing in. And, and as he mentioned, he's also been around on the Facebook page. So uh, make sure, guys, you can always email us at noobsinthehoovian at gmail.com. Check us out, facebook.com slash noobsinthehoovian. Or uh, you can go to noobsinthehoovian.com and we have our show notes there. So anytime we're going to mention a link uh, in the show notes, we're going to put them in there. Uh, we're also going to try to get them into the description. So if you're listening on whatever podcast uh, app you have, uh, if you go to the description notes there, we're going to try and include notes. So uh, for example, uh, hopefully, I'm saying this while I'm recording and hoping that we can actually make it work, the link to the Vimeo video of Time Crash should be in the description. You should be able to click mm -hmm. it directly from your podcast app. So I um, wanted to remind you guys again about the game plan. Uh, next week, the 15th of December, we're hoping to do uh, the Santa Claus 3. Um, so we have some some work to do. We, we've we watched yeah. episode one, or, or part one. We need to get yeah. part two. And, um, and then part do, three. And then part three. Yeah. So that we can record next week. Uh, the 22nd, um, as I said, for after the 15th, we are to be announced. We On the tentative and schedule, we are assuming on the tentative schedule that we are carrying our equipment and doing some recording mm -hmm. back home. This is yeah. when we should do the mini-sode. While we're at uh, out of town, we can yeah. bring I've, stuff. I've, I've got some ideas. I, I've yeah. got some ideas. I haven't run them by you guys yet. But, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I had a thought, and I said, you know what? No, let's just talk about it during this episode, and we've spent yeah. too much time. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some thoughts, some ideas. of. Um, I'll just tease it. 
Noobs in the Whovian on the road. Amazing. Our great cross-country adventure. <laughs> Join us, won't you? All right, so guys, um, stay subscribed we'll do to it us. in the car. Um, uh, if you're on our Facebook page, we try and let you know when there's a new episode out. But if you just subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or whichever podcast app you're listening to, we use Beyond Pod. Um, yeah. If you're subscribed, you get it automatically in your feed and keep mm -hmm. all that noob in the Whovian goodness coming your way. So join us next time as we dive into that brilliant Christmas time travel classic, The Santa Claus 3, colon, yes. The Escape Clause. Because mm -hmm. you know what we need? Another pun about clauses. That's yes. what we need. Um, so Noobs in the Whovian, until then, guys, as always, is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer sits over there. Hey, I'm Trip. And our production editor is on this side. Hey, that's me, Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia and to Jared for the awesome Classic Who Connection segment. Thank you. Uh, again, I'll mention it again. Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. Email us at Noobs and the Whovian at gmail.com or visit us at Noobs and the Whovian.com. Please subscribe, leave a rating wherever you found us, share us with a friend because sharing is caring and we care. Until next time, guys, my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're, we're the Noobs. And we will see you next time. Bye bye. 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 Trip, we're done now, right? Information correct. <laughs> What's happening? Are we still going? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to do the be whoop thing. Boo whoop. Be whoop. <laughs> you gotta ask. <laughs> be whoop. Live from Master Closet Studios. <laughs> Live. Dad's busy right now. So That's I'm my job. Happy. That's my job, boy. That no, it's Dad's job. That that needs to go in the bloopers because that was I love I love your take on that. That was awesome. <laughs>